You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me, yes, for real this time, Justin is here, as promised, but we're also not alone. It's not just Justin and I. It is also Paul Roberts from SB Sports and BurksSportsReport.com. So, Justin, Paul, thanks for being here to talk Wilson football. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here. Thanks for the candy as well. Three Musketeers. That's right. That's Best right. candy on earth. That's right. I, you know, I had seen you catching some flack for that, and I'm like, hey, we don't, we do not discriminate we based do not on candy choices. Candy. Here. No, at least on air. So, yeah. uh, Mr. Ross Tucker, if you're out there <laughs> listening, I'm, I'm sure you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, we love our three musketeers here. We want to make sure uh, Paul had a few uh, snack size to get him through this hour with Justin and I. Right. So, but no, we have, a, we have a great show. It's actually our first live show in a, in a while. Um, I've done a bunch of recordings. Justin and I interviewed the senior players. I played that one. I interviewed Coach Doms. I interviewed a few more assistant coaches. I had two different assistant coaches interviews. Uh, that was great. It's been a lot of fun. But Justin and I haven't been together to do a live show in a while. And uh, what, what better way to do it than, what, six days before, not even five days before, Wilson kicks off their 2023 regular season. And we look forward to talking about those 10 games here tonight, as well as the scrimmage, which uh, Paul was at yesterday. He got to see the bulk of that action. Uh, You know, it went reasonably well. I thought everything went uh, went pretty good uh, all around, all things considered. And uh, we will talk about that action as well. But before we do that... Uh, as usual, we want to uh, thank the people who make this show possible. Our Season 9 sponsors, Maze Sandwich Shop and White Star Tours, as well as a few others who have been on board and, and, and got back on board in addition to Maze Sandwich Shop and White Star Tours. MikeDragoSports.com, The Hot Family, and five anonymous donors. So we are right back where we were last year and appreciate everyone jumping on board and supporting us here at the show to make things uh make things possible and there are many ways you can help us out here in addition to sponsorships advertising the in-kind donations uh particular to visit bulldoghour.com that's a great place to get information on wilson football past present and future and then, uh, Justin, I've covered it the last few times, so I'll let you take this yeah, one. Yeah, like and share, uh, especially this time of year when, when content's going to start coming, flying out, um, you know, especially uh, through the weekends, you know, starting with the game, well, the lead-up to the games, and then through the games, and then, again, through our uh, kind of recaps and, and things like that. Like and share, spread the word. We we love kind of, uh, you know, when we're out and they're like, hey, aren't you good, the guys? You know, at the, especially at the games. Yes, that, 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 it's always fun. Um but yeah, like, like and share. And we are on every social media platform out there. We're much more active on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or I'm sorry, X. Facebook, X, <laughs> and Instagram. Uh, but we're also on Twitch 
and YouTube and YouTube, we definitely want to see you uh, subscribe. So if you're watching right now on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Uh, so you get all of our content. You can even hit the notifications so you can be alerted when we go live. Speaking of our live shows, next week we will be a day earlier. Justin and I are going to broadcast Saturday evening, August 26th. We will recap the game against Roman Catholic, preview the game against Central Dolphin. Again, that will be Saturday because on Sunday, Justin and I have a very important um Trophy meeting. presentation to attend. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot you won. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we have the fantasy, <laughs> our fantasy football draft Sunday night, and unfortunately, Justin is the champ for the fifth time in our eighteen years. Uh, so Justin is is definitely the king of that league, much to my dad's chagrin. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't like Eagles fans winning, and he's surrounded by them. Uh, he does like to remind me that he and I have won the same number of times, though. But can't say that about you anymore. But yeah, so we'll have a live show next Saturday, August 26th. So I do have the uh, 2023 schedule up there. I know a lot of people are asking about it. I, I made a graphic for it this past week, and we'll get to that shortly. But I want, do want to talk to Paul about the Wilson scrimmage yesterday off the bat because it's the first live action we've got to see of the football team against people that are on here on your own team i went up to practice i didn't get there during heat acclimatization week but i saw the beginning of two days or three days whatever they're called anymore uh just to see all know, day yeah the all day yeah. practices yes. just yeah. to see the pads on the hitting and people were really excited uh the energy level was high it was great to be there take some photos of that event but i, I always love that first scrimmage although now the last few years it's the only scrimmage with the way the PIAA has switched things around, had been against Parkland for decades, it felt like, and now we've settled in with Coatesville, and, you know, obviously a a big-time, big-school opponent, uh, bringing a lot of talent with them. Wasn't sure what to expect, because I think Coatesville came in ranked from, I don't know if it was PA Football News or Penn Penn Lives, but I believe in the, well, right around 10 in the 6A -A rankings, preseason rankings. So, Paul, what, what were your takeaways from the scrimmage? Yeah, d- defensively, Coatesville is supposed to be really, really good. And it just physically, um, you know, they, they pass the eye test when you look at their front four. Uh, but I, if I'm a Wilson fan, I'd be thrilled with what you saw there. Uh, the defense really dominated. And listen, you know, I'm the first one to say it's a scrimmage. But keep in mind... This is really their their first chance to hit somebody else. I thought the Wilson players were really fired up. I mean, they were ready to go. Guys like McMillan, Kurzweig. I mean, you saw a lot of energy. They were excited. And uh, it started out with, you know, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 plays in a row. Then the other team gets the ball. And Coatesville really struggled to move the ball a little bit against Wilson's defense. Um, you know, I thought the D-line and the linebackers were outstanding. I mean, they, they really controlled things. You can't hit the quarterback, but there were situations where there would have been a couple sacks if the play had continued. Uh, there were a, a bunch of running plays that Coatesville ran that got uh, snuffed out in the backfield that would have gone for losses. Um, so, you know, defensively, I, I don't know that you could have asked for much more from the first team group that that Wilson put out there. Yeah, I was also pleasantly surprised. That's why I was really happy to see your tweet saying essentially that in 280 characters or whatever <laughs> about how people should be excited with the way the Wilson defense played in the scrimmage. And you put, you know, scrimmage, we get it. 
don't get too don't get way up high but also don't ever get way down low because it is just a scrimmage but you're it makes you feel a little bit better when you see your team play well and I know it doesn't mean everything because I think actually probably exactly 10 years ago the team went over to actually West football stadium because the high school was still under construction Gursky was still under innovations Parkland came over there and I thought we looked really bad and I was like oh man this and that was the season where everyone was saying Wilson was going to go five and five six and four because of that 2012 team was so strong and had so many two-year players all had almost all had graduated Um, Matt Timochenko was back as quarterback who started at the end of 2012 but almost everyone else was new that that was this is the year that it ends for Wilson and and during that scrimmage I was like oh man that was that looked a real little rough (laughs) you know but you don't want to buy into the outside noise and all they did was go 12 and 1 and were a a Joey Julius field goal away from making the district championship game so you can't always put full stock in the scrimmage but like you I was also very happy with the way things went, especially defensively, because that's the unit this year that is reloading. We know we've heard about the offense has, what, 9 out of 11 guys back. They lost Brendan Hopp and Cam Jones, but they everyone else is, is returning. And I, I had talked about uh, the 7-on-7, seven seven, which I believe you were at in June, right? Yeah, that was uh, that was a great event. I mean, there were a lot of North Penn came, Mannheim Township mm-hmm. was there, Steel High was there oh, with... Yeah. The Irby brothers. I mean, that that was really good competition. No hitting, of course, right. but uh, as far as the teams that came to to Wilson, that Central York was there. I mean, it was it was that was a good seven on seven. It was, and I and during that, I was really pleased with how the offense played. Right, I think things were clicking, and I know without pads, it's not real football, but it, you still want to see them be able to do it when there isn't pressure, when they can read everything. So at both times this offseason when things have gone down against non-Wilson opponents, against other teams, I think both units look, looked really good. And, and seeing the defense, who only had, what, two or three guys back from last year, perform the way they did and have other people say the same thing felt really good. So, uh, you know, I heard the, the coaches talk afterwards with the players. They were very pleased with everyone's effort. Uh, didn't seem to be a lot of miscommunication or issues um, getting into positions, so it seems like the mental and physical game is right there. We know there's a daunting task lying ahead for the Bulldogs to kick off the season, and that is with um, Roman Catholic, which we're going to talk to about briefly. But um, any final thoughts on the scrimmage? I'm going to try to pull up your video here. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> let me see if I can find it, because one of the guys that really stood out and um, is someone who I think will – Garner recognition on the football field. We know we know from him from basketball, but now on the football field is Maddox Gruber, who did stuff in the scrimmage that was fantastic, both on offense and defense. Yeah, and, and certainly if you're a Berks County hoops fan, uh, the name's familiar, uh, especially in the northern part of the county. Uh, his dad Jared was uh, a star up at Hamburg. In fact, uh, one of the most memorable games I ever covered. Uh, not for Reading High fans, but was when Hamburg went down to the Geigel Complex and absolutely blew out Reading. They won the game, I want to say, by 18 points. Uh, my buddy Kevin Driscoll was on that team. Nick Evangelista was on that team, who's still involved with Hamburg baseball. And uh, Maddox's dad, Jared, was on that team, too. They were really, really good. But Maddox is good uh, at hoops. And in football, the 7-on-7, seven seven, he also had a pick in the uh, end zone, when Steel High was trying to, yeah. to score. Yeah. Um, and he had a great catch, too. And, and I'm going to post a reel tomorrow, uh, so people should look out for that, of some of the highlights from 
uh, the Wilson and Coatesville scrimmage. So if you, you follow SV Sports on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, uh, you'll be able to, to see more highlights. But I did, I did get the uh, pick six up there, which was a nice little tip drill. Uh, just two final thoughts. First play of the game for Wilson offensively, uh, Corell Aikens had a really nice like run. 40 yards or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, turned the corner off the right side. It was blocked up really well. And, you know, everyone's kind of wondering, you lose 24 touchdowns from Cam Jones, who was also the best returner in the history of the school. Uh, you know, who's going to step in there? And Aikens had a really nice run. And then also, uh, Dendal and... Mata and Case did not play in the scrimmage, and Wilson still looked good. So those are those are three key players that we're talking about there. Um, so that just a couple other final uh, thoughts from from the scrimmage. Yeah, and expectations are that Jack Dendel will be available to play starting. Uh, week one this Friday at Roman Catholic, more of a precaution to keep him out uh, after his hand injury earlier this summer. Um, don't know much about the status of Case and Matta going forward, but I would expect to see uh, Jack out there uh, playing both ways along the in the trenches, uh, which will be, yeah, you add that, add that body and strength in there. Um, definitely someone who's a, a difference maker for, for the Bulldogs. Uh, that was one area, actually, that was singled out from talking to some people afterward that they were really excited with the way the defensive line played, specifically the defensive tackles, uh, Kurzweig and Reiniger, when they were in there. Um, their, their off-season work has really paid off, and it sounds like they are going to be the anchors of the defense to let the scheme work and do what it's supposed to do. You have a, a great linebacker group that we saw during the Coatesville scrimmage. It was mostly uh, Valukiewicz and um, Hunsaker worked outside. We also saw Brady Klein move around out there. And then inside, uh, McMillan, Fiorini, Klein also worked. You know, So they have a nice group of five linebackers they can rotate in there, um, whether they're playing with three or four of them. A lot of depth. That was one thing that was talked about a lot this offseason, that there's depth at a lot of positions. Um, but specifically Kurzweig, Reiniger, and a nice rotation at defensive tackle, their strength they're hoping uh, can be a tone setter this season. If you're good in the offensive-defensive line, generally you have a good season. I believe it was Coach Wolver who said linemen-led teams – generally have a really good year at Wilson. I'm not sure that's different anywhere else either. Generally, if you have the line, a lot of other pieces fall in place. Yeah, and I think uh, the offensive line, um, you know, especially, you know, if everybody comes back healthy at some point, can be really, really good. Um, you know, Aikens will get time at running back. Fiorini will get time at, at running back. But th- those guys up front, and Kurzweig wrestles at 285, he's very good. A wrestler, very physical player, a guy who goes to the whistle and occasionally slightly <laughs> after the whistle, which uh, he was reminded it's, about it's, again. It's play through the whistle. <laughs> play through the whistle. Um, but he's about as physical as it, it gets out there. Uh, we talked about Dendel. McMillan is back, who's another wrestler, really strong kid. Uh, Reiniger, when I, I, I do a time to grind feature, usually every Tuesday for SV Sports, where the coaches kind of let me behind the scenes. So uh, it's usually not on the field stuff. It's things people don't get to see in the weight room, conditioning, um, stuff like that. And uh, 
the day I was there, he didn't have his, his shirt on for any of it. Now, if I looked like him, I, I probably would not wear a shirt as often um, <laughs> either. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he looks in terrific shape. So uh, the offensive line, I think, really is going to be the, the strong suit of this team. Yeah. and Well, and honestly, if, you know, we, we've kind of mentioned it, and it, it's going to come up, but when you're, when you're trying to replace – the production that you lost on offense in, in it's crazy. Cause you said they lost two guys on offense, but there was a lot of production. Yeah. You know, when you look at like production by numbers, like percentage wise, they lost a huge percentage. However, what you need in that instance is you're going to need a bunch of guys to step up. And the best way to do that is to have your offensive line play well mm-hmm. to allow those other guys to step up because look, there, there's some, there's some great athletes back there. There's there's not a Cam Jones back there, you know, like, and that's not a knock on any of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's all state Division right. One player, right? right. You know? But the you know, if the offensive line can play well, that's going to give the other really good guys a chance to contribute in their own ways, and it's going to take multiple guys contributing in their own ways. So, yeah, and Aikens is only a sophomore too, right. but he right. was one of those backs that you heard a lot at the youth level, like this could be another star tailback at Wilson. So I'm excited to see uh, what he does, not only this season, but, but moving forward. Yeah, oh, for sure. And uh, he was, I believe, the only freshman that was brought up last That's year. That's right. He saw time, obviously, in, in the JV games, but he had a, a, a lot of opportunities in the varsity games, uh, played really well against, I think it was McCaskey, had a lot of opportunities there. Uh, and you, you can see, I mean, you could you saw it in basketball. You know that it's gonna parts of that athleticism translate to the football field. And I know what he was able to do at middle school. And uh, he looks to be a huge part of what's gonna be happening uh, at Gursky and uh, hopefully many other LL and uh, District Three stadiums on Friday nights this fall. Uh, but yeah, he had a, he had a great scrimmage. Uh, things. Um, look to be uh, to going through him. I think they really wanted to feature him. Um, you know, we've heard heard for years how running backs like to get in a groove. The more touches they get, the more they feel the game. And uh, it would be nice to see uh, that that trio get going. Um, but I think Aikings is going to be end up being the guy in, in that backfield. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if he's if he's uh, if he's definitely the the number one guy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when we get to our first game this Friday, and uh, an, a, a a big one, a huge one. Um, Roman Catholic, five uh, A school, first added them on the schedule last year. They came to Gursky. Uh, Wilson opened up actually punched them in the mouth a little bit. Opened up a twelve nothing lead, uh, but. Uh, it was a long game, and things got out of hand near the end of the third quarter. Um, fourth quarter unraveled with some turnovers leading to quick points. Paul, and Paul mentioned depth earlier at the, right. you know, the depth beca- quickly became an issue in that Roman Catholic game last year j- due to attrition to a number of reasons. But Well, there were injuries. There was heat-related right. uh, Wilson, Wilson was had some guys. We, we were burning through the depth chart pretty quick mm-hmm. in that game for lots of reasons, and none of it helped. <laughs> like, it was not helping. Yeah, I mean, they were – that team, I think I just said this. I think last year Roman Catholic had thirteen Division One players. I'm pulling that number from my memory of last right, year's yeah, preview. Would, would. That I could be completely wrong on that, but it, I'm pretty sure it was at least 
double it was double digits if not more than a dozen i I have 13 jumped into my head um now obviously some of those have have moved on i don't remember his name but the offensive tackle went to kentucky paul do you remember his name um i don't the the, um the big news this year is tysir denmark is not there no he is not so he's an interesting story at both the high school and then looking ahead to college level because uh, he's an ESPN top 300 player who had originally committed to Oregon and decommitted, and now he's going to stay in Pennsylvania and go to Penn State. And everyone thought this summer uh, he would be back at Roman, and he had a, he had a very good game. He had six catches. He had a touchdown against Wilson last year. Uh, he is now at Imhotep. So uh, talk about the rich getting richer. I mean, it, Imhotep is uh, a 5A powerhouse. In fact, they knocked off Roman in in the playoffs. That that's uh the game that that ended Roman's season. Uh but uh Denmark is is now at Imhotep. So he will he will not be in this matchup on Friday. Uh they still have Jaja Boyd mm-hmm. who is another ESPN top 300 athlete who's committed to James Madison. Uh, but he had offers from some bigger Division One schools, uh, but he is committed to to James Madison. Their quarterback is back. He's only a sophomore. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, they have a lot of speed. Um, Samaj Beals. Right, right. right. Um, just a couple days ago, a all public league defensive end announced on social media that he is attending Roman Catholic. Uh, he was at Northeast. Uh, high school tombs is his last name he's a 230 pound defensive end so oh is that all uh, yeah <laughs> so uh <laughs> might be a player to watch um yeah sometimes with the catholic league it's kind of like you know mlb trade deadline day you know your players are going every which way it's hard to kind of keep track uh, but roman's gonna put a lot of speed on the field uh, they did get a couple defensive scores in the fourth quarter. Uh, Wilson was only down 11 going to the fourth quarter. And yeah, then well, I, and with three minutes to play, I think it was like a four-point game. It was like yeah. 20 to 16 or something with three minutes left in the third and right. things unraveled. I will there. say, though, that the stats, like if you look at the yards, it was 300-plus mm-hmm. advantage right. well, for and, and one of Wilson's touchdowns was a return. Cam, Cam's Cam return. return. Right. Yeah, the, the biggest thing... Uh, looking back on the game, researching it, was I had forgot how dominant they were on the ground, which was surprising to me. Because I remember it being surprising last year, and I kind of had forgotten about it. And then when I looked at the stats, um, was it Mal Howell? Is that, was that his name? Mal Howell and Jameer Robertson, I want to say, the two running backs. Both were seniors, so both have graduated and moved on. But I believe they both combined for close to, if not over, 250 rushing yards. Yeah, Robertson, even even more than that. Okay. So Robertson was 161, and Howell was 153. Oh, so over, they, 300 over 300 yards, yards so. on the ground. And Howell had three touchdowns. Yeah, okay. Howell was the one, and he was the two-way running back linebacker. He just seemed involved every single play. It, it, how was the guy and then if they needed some kind of electric performance that's when they went to Denmark yeah uh, so they had a lot going for them and obviously they're going another program that's just able to reload uh, but you know they, they lost Denmark to the transfer to Emotep they lost I really I cannot remember the offensive tackles name he we went to Kentucky Jamil Lyons is now wearing blue and white at Penn State so uh, they had big blue chip guys graduate move on or transfer but 
like I said, last year going into the game, there was a baker's dozen yeah. of them on the team. <laughs> not all of them are gone. There's a lot of talent left yeah. at Roman Catholic, so the coverage are certainly not there. It should be an interesting game uh, with the, the group that Wilson has coming back on offense. Uh, hopefully things can get going a little bit more. At the time, um, Cam Jones was not the featured back. Uh, he was making his name still in returns, def- defensive star, and they wanted to work him in at receiver. But then uh, Cleveland Harding got injured, and that's what prompted Cam Jones to move into the running back position. Uh, but like you said, he's not there, and we got to see guys step up. So um, this is not a show where we make predictions about games. We're just previewing them, so we're not going to get into that. Uh, but Roman Catholic this Friday, August 25th, that game is at Upper Dublin. Yes. So don't don't try to find... Uh, a field at Roman Catholic. Yeah. You're not. You're not going to find. You will it. not find one. No, no you won't. Find it is one. right downtown, right off of Broad Street. Right so there. yes, Upper Dublin is the location for the Wilson Roman Catholic game. Again, that's this Friday. That kickoff is at seven o'clock, but we'll get to a game here shortly that is not at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So we want people to make sure they get there for the kickoff. But yes, this Friday, uh, kickoff of the 2023 season, Wilson at Roman Catholic, and that is being played at. Upper Dublin. So uh, the entire schedule for Wilson this year, just like last year, alternates home and away. So Wilson comes back home Labor Day weekend, Friday, September 1st, Gursky Stadium, and that is against uh, a, their mid-pen rival in Central Dolphin. They've been playing them regular season every year since 2014, save for the uh, wacky COVID year. Uh, and they, they've kind of each team's ha- kind of had hot and cold streaks. Uh, Wilson started off strong, um, winning actually twice in 2014 when they started this regular season matchup. They beat them um, the opening game and then also, or not the opening game, I think it was the third game at that time. They beat them early in the season and then beat them the district championship. Then Central Dolphin rattled off a bunch of wins in a row. I think it had actually four. I think they won in 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018 before Wilson got the victory in 2019. COVID year washed the game out, but Wilson won in 21 and 22. So the Bulldogs are riding a three-game winning streak against Central Dolphin. Wasn't a prototypical Central Dolphin team last year. They struggled mightily, finished, I believe it was three and seven. But by the end of the year, they were down to, I think, their fourth string well, quarterback. And, and I feel like they lost a number of, like, really close games or contested games if they didn't end up really close like i think they lost to like coatesville by like a touchdown last year you know they lost they lost some games like that they could have won you know and they had lots of injuries and, and all kinds of stuff going on so yeah by by purely by record they were not what we've come to expect out of central dolphin but like in that game last year you know, Wilson was going in there already bruised up from the Roman Catholic game, and Central Dolphin gave them everything they could handle. Um, oh yeah, it was a close game <laughs> yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, it, it was not a not one that uh, was a runaway either. Uh, Seventeen to ten was the final last year at Speed Eversol Stadium, and Central Dolphin, their quarterback, the, the quarterback we faced, the yeah. one that was the starter, it is back uh, for for another season. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they adjust the offensive scheme, if they go, try to remain ground and pound, because uh, we saw one of their mid-pen rivals, Cumberland Valley, switch things yeah. in the last few years with Oswald getting there. But we know that Central Dolphin wants to run the ball. They're just very similar to, to Wilson. Not exactly the same offensive system, but uh, despite Wilson opening up a little bit more, Wilson still wants to run the but ball. Even even with the struggles that they had, I say struggles, just you know, hard 
hard season last year. They still, like when Wilson played him, it was still exactly what you expect mm-hmm. out of Central Dolphin. They're going to make you drive the length of the field. They're going to basically, it always seems like they're going to essentially be like, you're going to have to run 10 plays to score without making a mistake. Because if you make a mistake, either we're going to take the ball or you're going to you know have a false start or do something. It's going to set you behind and you're... Three or four yards of play isn't going to get you what you need, yeah. And they're just gonna they're gonna make you earn it, and they're not afraid to do that on offense either. Like, look, we'll take our four or five yards. We'll take our four or five yards. We'll take our four or five yards. We're going to run the play action to the tight end down the middle for sixty, uh, and then you know, like that one and, still haunts me. Twenty sixteen and, and and so like fifteen. So you know, it's just they're going to make you earn it in every sense of the word, and they're going to line up, and it's going to be a physical game, and yeah. You know, and it's not easy coming out of Roman Catholic, even, you know, not even knowing what what that will hold this year. But, you know, it's not going to be it's not an easy first game. It's a tremendous task, the first game. And then you've got a really tough game, the second game, too. Yeah, Roman presents a lot of speed and Central Dolphin usually presents a lot of power, a lot of physical strength. And, you know, I mean, they are uh, one of those teams that – I would call them a dead under team, okay, if we were talking about the <laughs> NFL. Like, you know, they are just fine winning 13 to 10. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they have no qualms about that. But uh, they usually play smash mouth football. And for people who aren't familiar with Mid Penn Commonwealth, uh, they went three and seven. Uh, and you guys were right. The, the Coatesville game, they only lost by six, it was 34 28. Uh, right after they lost to Wilson, 17-10. But, I mean, they're playing State College. They're playing Carlisle. They're playing Cumberland Valley. Uh, they're playing CD East, uh, who they lost to 35 nothing, And then Harrisburg, who they lost to 42-7. And Harrisburg's going to be very good again this year and, you know, coming off a district championship where – uh, they beat Manheim Township in the final, but that you know that's the the schedule for Central Dolphin, and then then non league. Not only Wilson, Coatesville, Central York. Yeah, I right. mean, you know. they basically are playing the District Three <laughs> playoff field. The six A yeah. playoff field is is their season. Their non conference, right. non league. Yeah. Well, that's well. Wilson was like that in yeah. 2014. We essentially duplicated our non league slate in the playoffs again. <laughs> right. We played like the same teams over <laughs> right. and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, wacky how that works out sometimes. But, but Cam came up huge mm-hmm. in the game yep. last year. So then he got the bulk of the carries against CD yep. at over 100 yards at a 50-yard touchdown yep. Yep. in that game. Yeah, the scoring opened early. Well, I think first drive, Hunsaker to Case uh, was was nice to see uh, Tommy have a bounce-back game, uh, look, look good, settled in that, um, showing – and then, like you said, uh, they really featured Cam, and he had an electrifying uh, 52-yard. I'm not even sure if that was a rush or a pass. I've seen it listed both because I think it was a swing, and I don't know if he was a, in front of the ball or behind the ball. So was it a toss or was it a forward pass? Um, but, yeah, it was a great play uh, nonetheless. But the Central Dolphin made him earn it, as they did for a, a lot of the teams they played last year, despite their their record. That's It's not always indicative of the strength of the team. Uh, one play here or there can change your game and change your season. Um, so no no team in the Wilson Central Dolphins series has scored over 28 points since... Oh, I wish I wouldn't have started that sentence. Nine. Since the district championship game in 2002. You want to revisit uh, that one? Joe? No, I don't want to revisit that. I know. That. Um, so it's always a low-scoring affair. Um, they're very tight. Um, no one's been over 28 
points in 21 years. Well, they haven't played that much. Right, okay. Uh, right, it's but, only been like the still, last decade. Yeah. That but it's not like playing. we're saying like over 40 points or 35. No, 20, no. Yeah. yeah, so... Right. Uh, yeah. So between teams that are perennial playoff teams, you know, like oh, these are teams yeah. that that can put up in the 30s more often than not. Yeah. So the winner has scored since that 2002 game that was 35-33. Uh, then 2011 was the next meeting. Uh, Central Dolphin won, got scored 24. Then Wilson scored 14. Wilson scored 21. Central Dolphin scored 20. Central Dolphin scored 24. Central Dolphin scored 28. Central Dolphins scored 23, then Wilson 21, Wilson 27, Wilson 17. Yeah. so It's a dead under game. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. For amusement purposes only. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, so that's Friday, September 1st, Central Dolphin. That is youth night at Wilson. So the little kids will be there to cheer on the big kids. Uh, it's always a fun night for that game. And the home opener. So the next week, Wilson heads back down towards the Philadelphia area on Friday, September 8th. Again, this is not being played at the home of the Martin Luther King Cougars. No. This is being played at the Germantown Super Site, which is uh, Benjamin Johnston Stadium. And that game kicks off at 6.30. So that's the most important takeaway for you right there is it's not at Martin Luther King. It is at the Germantown Super Site. You can look for... Um, Benjamin Johnston Stadium. Yeah, you it's on it's on the map. So like if you if you put that in like Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever you're you're using, it'll it'll pop up. Is this where why missing play yes, Newman Goretti? Like, okay, yeah, so I, I was there covering that. So you know where to go. State semifinal. So I know you're going to the game. Um, yeah, you're covering that one. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I think the turf was put in in. 74. Uh, I heard it was actually um, 1874. So. Yeah, talk to the YMSing staff sometime about the uh, facilities there. But, we'll find uh, out firsthand. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so, um, so 630. 630 well, we, at We've caught a break because is this the fourth time we've played them? Third. Or the third time? Third okay. time. Third time, but they came to us the first, first two. two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so Martin Luther King came to Wilson uh, in 2021 and in 2022. We are returning the favor and going to their area for the matchup in 2023. Wilson's won the first two meetings. Um, I was coach, trying I was trying to get us to throw in free free May sandwiches. I know, and to, have them to, to come back to up make here. Them come up, okay, come you back, come up here, we'll back. feed you. Yeah. Uh, we would love to have a, a six-game home slate. I'm sure the athletic office would like a six-game <laughs> home slate, too. Uh, it's like Warwick this year has a seven-game home slate. Now, to be fair, yeah. they had a two-game home slate right. last year. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. Uh, with the, the stadium, the area, the renovations going on there. But no, five and five and five for Wilson. Five home games, five away games. Uh, away game two is down at Germantown Superstite. Martin Luther King. Wilson won the game last year, thirty-seven to nothing. Martin Luther King, uh, since twenty nineteen, when I think they went nine and one, has really struggled the last few years. That they, it was it was tough, obviously, on them the, the COVID year in twenty twenty. Um, then they haven't been able to get things back on track 2021 and 2022. So we'll see what this game produces in 2023. But again, that is down at the Benjamin L. Johnston Memorial Stadium, the Germantown Superstite, for a 6.30 kickoff. Now, Wilson is going to return home. Let me know, by the way, if the uprights are still yes. like... <laughs> I, I heard like they're that. a little jankety. They're not exactly level. Um, so we'll see. We'll have to let Ben Rada know about that, uh, yeah. that get him uh, prepared that he might have to kick um, off a level. You know, We'll see if he can angle, angle uh. things. Uh, but the next week, 
is back in West Lawn at Gursky to take on uh, Crosstown rival Reading on September 15th. That will be the Wilson Football Tradition Club's annual event, and this year is actually going to be honoring uh, the career of <coughs> ooh, excuse me, of Chad Henney. So Chad Henney Knight. Who's that? Uh, yeah, I hadn't heard of him before. I had to, had to do a lot of research. Uh, is that the guy in the commercial with uh, Pat with, Mahomes? With Pat Mahomes, yeah. yeah. But with the, um, the 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 food establishment, we don't mention yeah. on the show. So I, I, I let I let Chad know that I was uh, you know I had mixed feelings about this. Um, but now we're gonna have fun. Uh, gates are gonna open at at five thirty, and Chad's gonna has graciously agreed to do a, a meet and greet with uh, fans and sign some autographs, take some pictures. And uh, we're going to uh, honor him at halftime, read some career accomplishments, and just uh, uh, give him he, he, heap some praise from the uh, local community that uh, he got to play in front of for four years. So we're looking forward to that event. Again, that's against Reading on September 15th. More details about the event will be coming out closer to the time. Just be careful of a delay of game penalty. If you read all his accomplishments at halftime, it might, might, might go a little bit long. I, 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 I told you I know we only got five minutes. I'll, I'll make sure that Kevin Venino's got, got the stuff and that he's, he's zipping through it. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's going to be fun though. And, and against red, it just worked out that way that it's against Reading, but obviously oh Henny and Wilson's relationship while he was, uh, the quarterback two and two, you know, that was a two mm. and two series. He, uh, got the wins, uh, as a freshman, which everyone remembers that game considered one of the greatest, um, Burks football games in history. That was my, this is different than the school I went to before moment. Like not, not the know, same as Columbia. Right. This is different than single A football. <laughs> like yeah, they, moment. Like I mean, actually, you didn't you didn't actually, see many James it, it and Sam Bryant when I walked into the room at Columbia. Like, when like the you know the crowd at that game is equal to the population of the town I used to live <laughs> in. You know, I'm just like, wow, this is this is a little different. Yeah. So. uh yeah, it'll it'll be fun. It'll it'll be a, a, a fun night uh, playing against Reading. Uh, Reading's an interesting team. I know they lost a lot of uh, production last year um, from a few of their basketball basketball players and um, uh, Rodriguez and Berdine. That was two big guys. But I know they had a young and developing uh, lineman coming through the program, and Coach Troy, you know, now in his second year, getting that program uh in a footing that people want to see from 20 years ago that, that's what people would love to see reading wilson become what it was at that time so i just remember in that game last year you just saw like ruben and stuff like make plays and stuff and you're like oh yeah there's the division one athlete right there you know like he just well and, co-wide I mean, receiver of the year in the right last right like yeah. just just seeing him you know and yes wilson you know across the board was you know, has more experience and was was able to get the job done. But it wasn't – I mean, it was close through the first quarter, like into the second quarter. It was tied at the end of the first quarter. It was right, nothing, like nothing. because they're – right. And like I think Wilson scored 35 or 42 in the second. Yeah, yeah. It, it got out of control. But I think there were some – there were some kick return – or some punt returns. There were some – There was a there block. Like, there right, yeah, there was a block. So yeah. There was a, so it was like was in like a two, hurry. Two rushing touchdowns, I believe, by Cam – then a punt return for a touchdown, then a blocked punt for a touchdown, and then another yeah. punt return for a touchdown. Um, and, and that pretty much put the game away. Right. Yeah, that first quarter, everyone was like, whoa. Right. Well, this, is, right. this is not like, what Right, you could expecting. see the, the, the guys who were going to get it done for Reading 
yeah. were giving Wilson everything they, they could oh, handle. Oh, it was a back-and-forth game in the first right. 12 minutes, and everyone was like, this is not going as well as we had hoped, and then things changed in, in the second, and uh, Wilson was able to put that um, that game away, 48-6. Um, to six. Um, Redding hasn't won a game in the series. Now, I know there was a 10-year hiatus, but since Chad's senior year in 2003, that's the last Red Knight win over the Bulldogs on the gridiron. And, and Coach Gaudet was on that team, yep. often was overlooked just because of the star power that Redding High had then when Al Walski was the head coach, and they were rolling. They got to a district final, lost to Cumberland Valley at uh, Hershey Park Stadium. But, you know, those were the years you had James Bryant, you had Sam Bryant, you had Lamar Stewart, you had Jason Polson, you had Khalees Cook. Those two could fly. And uh, Troy was you know, a linebacker with over 100 tackles as a senior, uh, went to Mansfield, and then eventually, unfortunately, they, they ended their uh, program. But uh, was a really good linebacker. And uh, I, I think the kids really like him. He's a high-energy guy. Uh, I was at uh, one of their seven-on-sevens over at, at Albright, and they do. Uh, now, obviously, they're not involved in, in the seven-on-sevens, but they have some mammoth linemen, I mean, that are 315-350 neighborhood, and one's starting to get some uh, Division One interest right now. But I really think they're not sure about the, the quarterback just yet. Uh, obviously, Amir Berdine, you mentioned, Joe, he's uh, now at Sacred Heart. He'll, he'll play defensive back there. Uh, and then Ruben Rodriguez is at, at Ryder, of course, for uh, hoops. Um, but, you know, was a big-time wide receiver, for, you know, and for a guy who that was his second sport. Right, I mean, right. you, you could see the athleticism Bonkers. that he, he had there. So that's a lot of firepower. Now, they're still young, so... Uh, they have seven starters back on offense, but keep this in mind. Last year, Redding had 21 sophomores on the roster. So I really think they're looking, you know, obviously you want to be successful every year, but I, I really think they're they're looking a little bit to 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, the coaches and players would never say that, but there, there are a lot of juniors that are going to get substantial playing time this year. For Reading, but I ju- I just think the energy is uh, a little bit better in section one. It's still going to be tough. I mean, you have Wilson Township, Hempfield. Uh, you know, that's it's it's not it's not going to be easy. They prove they can do it. We we've seen what they can do when they get uh, the the right coach, the right system, and the players buying into the program. And they that run they had in the early two thousands was was really they were yeah. really good. I mean you just rattle off all those names. And uh, Gabriel really Laws team. is a player to watch uh, for them. Uh he had over a dozen tackles for loss last year. Uh he'll play uh linebacker and he's only a junior. He's part of that junior class, but um he's also on the track and field team there. So he he's a, a guy to watch on that Friday. Well and you mentioned it Paul like Look, it's there's been some rough go of it since the, the early 2000s for for Reading, but you know the coach there now he he knows as good as anyone what what it's going to take in that situation to get closer to where they want to be, you know, and and like you said, having young guys buy in, having young guys come back. I, I hope it maintained it honestly after we play them, you know, it's not as much on the radar, but like 
it seemed like it, it felt different there last year, you know, um, again, we hadn't been there for a long time for a game, but like, it, it felt like there was some optimism around the, the mm. team and program. And, and that's what it takes to keep guys coming back to keep, you know, the support and keep those guys, young guys coming in working. And then you can kind of establish yourself and hopefully, hopefully that's what's going for them. Obviously, you know, I, I'm always pulling for Wilson, but like section one is better and more Absolutely. interesting when Reading is good. Same you with know, McCaskey. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And you know, whether we're talking competing for district championships is, is a lofty, but if we get into the, competing for playoff spots or, you know, right around 500, you know, it's better when those teams are better. And so, you know, I wish them success in in that endeavor. And he's he's added some experienced assistant coaches uh, on his staff, too. Uh, I was talking to Coach Lemer a lot at the 7-on-7. He was at Burke's Catholic. His son played there when when they were really rolling, and they, they had a, a ton of talent. So he's been a, around um, some some winning programs. And also, Coach Godinay is in the school. He works in the school, which was not the case under the previous head coach. So that, that And that makes uh, a big difference. It makes the world yeah. a difference, absolutely. So... Wilson's next destination will be Earl Bolt Stadium on September 22nd to uh, tangle with Lebanon School Cedar Crest. Um, the, the, the Falcons went 5-5 five and five last year. Wilson got the win, however. Uh, of course, that was at Gursky Stadium, 36-13. to 13. Uh, Like Redding, Cedar Crest is searching for their first win against the Bulldogs in 20-plus years. Uh, also a game I was involved in. Uh, September 21st, 2001, Cedar Crest ended Wilson's, I think it was seven-year unbeaten streak at Gursky, shutting out uh, the Bulldogs 21 to nothing uh, in 2001. Uh, definitely a game I'd like to forget, uh, much like that Central Dolphin game that has already come up. So, uh, it's like a little therapy session. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Wilson-Cedar Crest, that'll be game five, September 22nd. Um, we're going to move on here because I know we've got a lot to talk about with uh, this next one. Governor Mifflin finally coming back to Wilson. Haven't been there in a few years with the wonky scheduling. Playing in Shillington back-to-back years. I know the seniors last year were really disappointed with that. But I think they're okay with the result because uh, last year Wilson beat Mifflin 32-14 to at, uh, at Mifflin. Uh, but it wasn't that long ago that Mifflin was winning back-to-back games, including uh, the COVID season at Gursky Stadium. And I know that's another one that many Wilson people would like to forget. So this group has a chance to uh, rattle off back-to-back wins against the Mustangs, uh, led by Jeff Lang. Paul, what do you see with the Mustangs this year? Uh, and real quick note on Cedar Crest, player to watch there is Aiden Schomp, yeah, who's a 6'6", 230-pound tight end. I've seen him in in uh, basketball, had four touchdown catches a year ago. So he'll be the really tall, big kid for uh, Cedar Crest. So it'll be easy to find. For Mifflin, I think uh, Coach Lang feels, honestly, that they're going to bounce back. I mean, Last year was rough, and you know they're another team. The schedule's tough. I mean, you know they're playing Springford Week One, Springford, Wilson, Carlisle, non-league. You know, I mean it, it's uh, it's District tough sledding. District three playoff teams. Yeah, there. Like. But I think I think this team seems. I mean, if you're a believer in you know chemistry um, and how the team bonds and things like that. 
Uh, the impression that I've got from several people is that this group gets along a lot better uh, than a year ago. And up front, uh, they have some players. And they have, uh, I'll give you a couple guys that are that are going to be back next year too. Uh, Gavin Kelly, who plays center, and also Presley Rinker. Um, I was just over there for another one of the Time to Grind segments that we do for SV Sports. And these guys are, they kind of like look like the old Oakland Raiders back then. I mean, their hair is like, or like an ACDC or Metallica concert. I mean, their hair is past their shoulders. But uh, these are strong guys um, that I think are going to play college football. I, I don't know at what level. Um, and then also, uh, Torre, who's gotten a lot bigger physically and he's another kid he'll play college football somewhere I'm not not quite sure where uh, there was some talk about him playing tight end I think uh, he's gonna move to uh, offensive tackle so you will have him Rinker and Kelly on the offensive line and they have a bunch of of backs who are returning uh, you know, Brandon Jones is going to be back. Garner is going to be back. We know they want to run the football. Jones is the one last year seeing him. He was the one that I focused on last year. He was the guy that stood out to me when, when they were running the ball, but really on defense. He flew around at linebacker, mm-hmm. and I looked, and I was like, oh, he's a junior. <laughs> back next year. So Jones is the one that I, I think uh, he I think he's poised for a big year for the Mustangs. Yeah. And Garner's brothers were very good players over there. Uh, he also does track and field. Uh, so, you know, they, they all mix up the the uh, carries. Uh, they did lose depth up front with a, a couple uh, defensive linemen who transferred out of the program. Uh, but I, I still think, uh, you know, with the guys that I mentioned, Rinker, Kelly, Toure, uh, those are three solid players up front. Um, so, you know, it, it's the system's not going to change at all. They're they're still going to try and you know run the football, uh, but I I think they'll be more competitive this year. Have they settled on a quarterback? Uh, no, they haven't. Bryce Wonderlick is a good baseball player for Governor Mifflin. Um, you know, I, they I saw their seven on seven against Why Missing, which. Just in principle, made me chuckle a little bit. Like here, I'm at a seven on seven with Y missing who runs a wing T, and Governor Mifflin who's an option, you know, a veer midline type of team. It's like you know, how much are we getting? Out yeah. Of this? Yeah, yeah, they all um, use they all use the linemen and the running backs. Yeah. they don't bring wide receivers. Yeah, sometimes I joke with the coaches like sneak in a draw here just to just keep to the see. linebackers honest. Yeah, run a run a buck sweep, you know, just for humor's sake, um, but. You know, it it could be uh, Wonderlick. They they also have uh, um, a wide receiver in uh, Johnson, who's a basketball player, who's he's at least six three. Again, I don't know. Uh, he's not a speedster. But I don't know how much they're going to throw it again. Um, but I you know I think they'll be better than they than they were a year ago. It may not show a ton in wins and losses just because of the schedule. And and again, they're in section two. You know, we talked a lot last year because it was the first year with the, the new alignment and all the Burks teams coming in. Wilson, of course, had already been in, but all the other Burks teams. So Section 2, you have Exeter, Mannheim, Central at the top, and you also have Warwick in there. Right. 
Um, and Mannheim Central is, is yeah, yeah. going to be really good. And Exeter did lose a ton, especially up front. Uh, Anthony Cachese's at, at Delaware, but Lash, Polange, you know, th- those guys moved up. Schwaffer's at Penn State. Um, but Section 2, where Mifflin is, it's, it's, no uh, it's a, yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. easy. Section 2 is a, yeah, it's a, it's a gauntlet down there. Interesting to see who comes out of that. I do think Manheim Central's got to be the favorite just based on what they have returning. I know I think they're they're restocking the linemen, but their mm-hmm. skills set yeah. guys, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, linebacker, DBs, all all very very good. Um, so I, I'm sure they'll find the linemen. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about the Barons, <laughs> uh, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, who is their main challenger? Is it still Exeter? I think it's going to be. I, I would agree. Um, I, I don't. I don't think it'll be Warwick or Mifflin. I think they're the next tier down. I say I think it's an Exeter Manheim Central race. And uh, yeah, Warwick what, has a quarterback change too. Right. And uh, Jack Reed, who went to Shippensburg, uh, so Trevor Evans is going to take over. He was a wide receiver. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. I talked to to him at the. Um, LL League Media Day, and he's he's looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, he's he's going to be moving to uh, quarterback there. Um, so Warwick was five and five a year ago, four and two in the league. I would still say Exer's, you know, probably uh, going to be the biggest challenge for Mannheim Central. Uh, Exeter won it last year. You know, they went down there and and yeah. beat them. They they were able to squash that Mannheim Magic. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't get that last year. What a shame. <laughs> So I'm sensing some sarcasm. Yeah, there. there's a lot of sarcasm there. Would you like a three musket? <laughs> I, might, I might need it. I might need it. Uh, listen, I won't pull up the video from 1998 and the, the rain, the rain game, and Jeff Smoker. We won't, mm. we won't bring that up. Um, which I'm, I know Trevor Vaughn would love if I played that video <laughs> of that 1998 game down in Mannheim, but. Uh, I will abstain from that. But what Wilson was able to exercise their Mustang demons last year. They got the. Uh, they got all of Nick Singleton in that team for two years in a yeah. row. Uh, like Justin and I said, as soon as uh, Wilson was done playing Mifflin in 2021, we were happy to be on the right side of the Nick Singleton yeah. train. I had so State. much more fun watching him run last year yeah. than, the, <laughs> than the previous years. Um, How so- crazy is it, though? And you you think about I mean, Berks County, you know, is not a large area, really. Uh, I mean, the city of Reading is certainly one of the biggest cities in the state, but you're looking at this Berks County Penn State connection now with Singleton, who's there and you know had a phenomenal freshman season and could be a star this year. Although they do mix up the the carries there, but Schwaffer's there now from Exeter. Jaden Williams is there from Wyoming. Caleb Brewer has already committed there. He's still you know got this year coming up at at Wyoming. I mean. And, you know, these are high-level kids to come out of Berks County. If if you're a youngster, I mean, you don't have to go far to look for players that have come from your area and have made it to, you know, one of the, the top programs in the nation. Let's keep that pipeline. I, I'm happy about that. You know, I might I might not always get to see them on the field if they're not, you know, 6A and Wilson doesn't get to play them, but I'm always very happy when uh, Berks County uh, athletes go to play anything 
for the Nittany Lions, and it, it's been fun talking to Coach Steve O'Neill at Why I'm Missing about uh, Javen and, and Caleb and uh, just a great group of guys yeah. over there. Um, I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm hoping for a, a good recovery from Riker Jones and he can get mm-hmm. back out there because, man, he was fun to watch. I saw three Why I'm Missing games last year doing photography, and I, I got to call the district championship game for Penn Live, and those games were a lot of fun to watch. Um, looking forward to an, another big season from a, a ton of Berks programs. Just It yeah. seems to be very high-quality football coming out of Berks County uh, right now throughout all levels of, of the mm-hmm. section in the new LL uh, Berks League. So, um, yeah, Wilson vanquished Mifflin last year. We'll see what happens this year. Uh, then, then, then the biggest one um, last year was the showdown with Hemfield. Uh, that happened at Gerskin. Wilson, for the first time in, in a while, uh, came out on the losing end against the Black Knights. I think it was their first loss to Hemfield since 2005, and it was Hemfield's first LL section crown since that season mm-hmm. as well. But they shared it, and it was their first outright title since 1994. Uh, which I believe is also the last time Hemfield had beaten Wilson at Gursky. Well, it wasn't even Gursky then, uh, at Wilson Football Stadium. Uh, they graduated a lot. Hemfield lost a lot. Still got a couple big names back, though. Yeah, yeah. Lost a lot on defense. So, uh, And that was another 7-on-7 seven seven that I saw. Hemfield actually uh, did one at Missing. So I, I got a chance to uh, go over there. Um, now Jackson Landis, the quarterback was not there that day or Mikey Gates, but those are, that's their one, two, punch right, right. right. Th- those are two guys to know for sure. Landis at, at quarterback threw for almost 1800 yards last season and he had 13 rushing touchdowns, not even counting how many he threw. So uh, he can beat you with his, his, he didn't rush for a ton of yards, but he got in the end zone a lot and th- they had, quite a receiving core last year. I mean, they really spread it around. Uh, three of those guys graduated, but Gates is back he from was last year. Hitter. Yeah. He, he, he put up big numbers against, uh, against Wilson. He had 124 yards and uh, a 58 yard touchdown mm-hmm. to open the second half. So, yeah. and then everybody knows uh, by now about David Polly Polly, who uh, is headed to USC, uh, had a, a Penn state offer. Um, it does have, um, Samoan heritage, so I think that was a, a factor in his decision to to go out to USC. Uh, but it was funny because I I see him listed anywhere from like two seventy two eighty. When that day when I spoke to uh, Coach Edgar, who spent some time at Wilson, of course, as an assistant, and always raves about uh, Coach Doms and and the staff. Um, what a you know first class operation Wilson is. But he told me that day that. Uh, Polly Polly was 320. And when you watch him move, though, I mean, he moves like he's like 275. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's not like a slug out there. So he was all state selection as a, as a, a junior. Uh, so he'll be back. But I'm, I want to see what they are like defensively because only two starters back. I think the whole linebacking core in the secondary is, is going to be new. What, do do you think Gates or Landis will play two ways? A lot of coaches don't like putting the I know the quarterback usually there. Usually, quarterbacks yeah. don't. It, yeah, it's 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 rare to do that. Uh, the uh, the one that I'm glad is gone is Grant Hoover because oh, I yeah, feel he was, like yeah. he was a guy last year that 
just when they needed to get it a few yards, he got Yeah, he ran tough. Yards. He was a tough guy to bring down. Yeah. And maybe that, you know, I don't know how the entire season went, but at Gursky that night, he he was he was tough to bring down. Um, Hemfield got beat up in that game against Wilson, and then next week got to take on Exeter, who also beat them up pretty good. And Hemfield was able to get it done the last two weeks against uh, a few other LL1 opponents to win the section outright. Uh, but then they had a... They they were scraping and fighting in in the district playoffs and they, their uh, their power ran out. Uh, they they didn't they got beat up I think by Township. Yeah, they it, and it was yeah. not close. Yeah, it no. was a it was a blowout. Yeah. Um, to to end their season, but I mean, Justin and I we when we say it all the time like a broken record when when George Eager went there. Well, he was already there, but when he got the top job there, we were like, that's not good. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> oh, not not a fan. I the problem is we. We are a fan. We are a fan. Yeah. Like, like we George knew, we knew George was was good, and that was probably going to be a really good fit. And we'd been referring to them as a sleeping giant mm-hmm. for years. They woke up last year, and that's not cool. But yeah, um, don't like. But that. I don't mean, like good, it. good for him. Good for George, and you know that program. Again, section one is, as a whole is is better and more interesting when when Hemfield oh, is, yeah. is there competing. Mm-hmm. This is a Wilson centric show, obviously. <laughs> so, like, uh, okay, I guess, I guess we need that. But yeah, so um, um, Wilson Hemfield is game seven, just like it was last year. It'll be down in Landisville at George Ellis Law Firm Stadium. I know the team is looking for their one mile hike to and from their locker room. Uh, <laughs> a little cardio, <laughs> got to get your steps in, Joe. Uh, but uh, so it should be good. But yeah, Landis and Gates are the names to know, at least on offense for Hempfield and Polly Polly also two two way monster. Mike Schaefer's another good player up front. So yeah, Hempfield uh, covers not bare, but they're definitely of of the three contenders in Section One, at least the ones that have been talked about as the contenders. Justin, I don't anoint anyone. Just putting that out there. Uh, Hempfield, Wilson, and Man, I'm Township. It seemed like Hemfield needed to restock the most. They they had the the most losses graduation wise. Yeah. Um. And Polly Polly flirted with IMG. Imagine what they would mm. be facing if, if he had mm-hmm. left too. But he he's back at Hemfield, ready to go. So I'm um, not going to talk too much about this next one. It's a, a home game for Wilson, October 13th against Penn Manor. Uh, that will be, I believe, that's Wilson's homecoming game. The Bulldogs have never lost to the Penn Manor Comets. Uh, Wilson won down at Millersville. Actually, back to back years. Um, for uh, Wilson at Penn Manor. That was a game uh, where uh, Case got involved in the return game yeah. as well. A little yeah, bit last year. not only did he flip it to Cam for Cam's, mm-hmm. I think that might have been his last return touchdown because I don't think anyone gave an opportunity after that after that game. Uh, but Case then um, uh, fielded a punt, had a great return. He actually had a, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. And it would be the next week that Case took a punt back for a touchdown against McCaskey. So... Um, yeah, so Wilson won that game last year down at Penn Manor, fifty-six to seven. Comets coach John Brubaker, he got him to five and five last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably what they're looking at this year. What What about you, Paul? Uh, what do you think player to watch there again is uh, the tight end position, just like we talked about with Cedar Crest with Aiden Shomp. Demir Wesley is the tight end at Penn Manor. Uh, we talked about that seven-on-seven seven that Wilson hosted where about 15, 16 teams were there. Penn Manor was was there that day. He's he's a big kid, and he committed to Villanova, which has, um, you know, obviously a really good football program. He was a uh, first-team tight end last season in Section 1 of the LL, and he was second-team on the defensive side. So uh, 
Um, he's the guy that you're going to watch for Penn Manor. But I, I, I think you're right. Like, if you want to put things in tiers, sometimes, you, you know, we see this with, like, quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, the first tier, Wilson Township, Hempfield. And then, you know, Penn Manor, Cedarcrest were both 5-5 five and five a year ago. So, I, you know, I, I put them uh, – I don't think they're ready to be in that, that first tier. But it's good to see – you know they're competitive, and to be five hundred when you play in that section, you know it's it's not well, bad. And they did up. Was it Warwick? So they upset someone last year on a last second like bomb touchdown. Yeah, I thought they beat Warwick the week before we played them. I thought. Well, I, I I can't recall, but I know they beat someone that was like whoa. Yeah. That manager did what? Um. I mean, hey, I remember a decade ago when they had a. Uh, uh, Charlie Bell. And, oh yeah, and um, Dalton Palmer and like yeah, they, Co- Cody see, Booth before you that. You can see them yeah, building like, just... like 2010, 2011, and they were so good in 2012 and 2013 that they couldn't get the the bulldog hump off their back. Though I remember uh, getting to the game late one time and watching Dominic Negrelli running in for a defensive score, and that like, was the 2012. And game. I'm that just was like, the, uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, like, that was so that was Timochenko's first start. Oh we gosh. talked about Matt a little bit earlier, and. uh that was his first start of that year, and it was like game seven or some seven or eight. And the deciding score was a Dominic Negrelli fumble, fumble or interception. I don't even know. I can't remember. I now. It might have been a pick, but either way, he took it back to the house, and I think Wilson ended up winning fourteen to seven. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it was it was funny to get involved with the well. That was like towards the beginning of when I started to get involved with the Wilson program again, just a few years into it. And Penn Manor had always not been a good mm-hmm. team. Uh, like Wilson always usually mopped the floor, then mm. they were not good to have Penn Manor rise and be the team for a few years. Yeah. That was competitive. It was fun. It's it, it's interesting when you, when you cycle through the teams. Um, it, it's fun to see a program like that um, respond and, and have a few good Is years. Is it 32 and 0 now? Wilson I, against I, Penn that's Manor? That's what I have it as yeah. 32 and 0. So um, it, it's 30 plus. So I, I don't like stats like that. That that, that one scares me. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, every year it comes up before we play. I mean, I, was yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I don't like that one. <laughs> that, that feels like you're playing with. It's better than zero and thirty two. Well, it's sure. Yeah, I'd rather be on that <laughs> yeah. side of it, but it, that's that. I don't, I don't like that one. So, um, all right, Justin's favorite. We're going back to Lancaster down in McCaskey this year. Hey, all right, <laughs> we'll get some uh, McDonald's. Oh, always. always that McDonald's right off of the, the Spurgeon for Mickey D's. Oh, oh it's, uh, it's our favorite stop. Well, well, we weren't going to get to go to the Sugar Bowl this year. Yeah, that's right. But, that's but I went during youth lacrosse season yeah, when Austin right. played at Penn Manor. I'm like, hey, buddy, you hungry? He was like, not really. I'm like, that's okay. Well, we're we're going, going for lunch. <laughs> Sugar Bowl time. So, yeah, we actually, um, as our has been the tradition. Now, unfortunately, Justin couldn't make it in 2021. Yeah. But the previous time we were there and then last year, we went to the Sugar Bowl before and after the game. <laughs> Uh, bookended meals. Uh, not, and it's not, funny because now, like, people show up and they're like, oh, you guys are here. Are we're right? like, yeah, no, it's like, not, not It's not lying. a bit. Why like, we're, we're we're actually here. Yeah. They, getting, like, they get free advertising from us every time we go down to Millersville. But we're not going to Millersville this year. We're going to McCaskey, though, uh, to play the Red Tornado, Coach Ben Thompson. Uh, they won their first game last year, then lost nine in a row, finished one and nine. Uh, this is another team that's searching for 20-plus years for a win against Wilson. They haven't won since that same season that Reading beat Wilson back in 2003. Last year, Wilson beat McCaskey 63-7. to um, 
Paul, anything to say about the Red Tornado? I do have uh, an interview with Coach Thompson. If you go to svsports.com and uh, look under the local sports tab, which is something that we just started last uh, fall in October. So you'll see a ton of interviews there, and, and there will be a half dozen more coming up this week. If you want to find out more about LL players there in, in all the different sections, um, you can check out interviews there and there, um, you know, pretty in depth. It's not, you know, just a soundbite here or there, you know, you'll get three, four or five minutes with either the player or the coach, but, um, yeah, there you'll see the one with, uh, coach Thompson, uh, who played at Coatesville, then went to Florida A&M, eventually, uh, graduated from Cheney. Uh, but he talked a lot about, I liked his perspective in that he wants the kids involved in the community. He wants to teach them about McCaskey's history. I mean, we know recent history is not good. I mean, they've had a lot of down years. But just like we were talking about some of these other programs like Reading, you know, there was a time when McCaskey was absolutely loaded. And same time, Chad Henney was at, at Wilson. I mean, that, to me, was really the golden age of of section one of the Lancaster Lebanon league, but they had Perry Patterson who ended up going to Syracuse. They had Danny Melendez who went to Maryland to play receiver. Uh, Nikwan Lee went to Delaware, who was a running back. Cedar Crest at the time had Jaron Hayes. Yeah, just, just a Purdue quarterback and a Michigan state. Running yeah. Back. Two, two big 10 players there, quarterback and running back. Uh, we ran down all those players who were at Reading and people obviously know what Wilson had then with with uh, Chad and company. So the, I mean, those games every week you were you were getting a game that felt like it was a District Three semi or championship game. Um, but you know, so he's trying to remind the players of the history of of the school and and you know keep them motivated. And uh, he he did. Uh, it was funny. He said kind of with a grin. He's like, "We're gonna chuck it a lot." Um, so I think the ball will be up in the air a lot for them. He, he likes the skill position players um, that they have. They are going to have a new quarterback uh, this year. Well, yeah, four-year starter is gone, right? Yeah, yeah. so you know, they, they last year they only won one game. They won their opener uh, against John Bartram, John Bartram from yep. Philly. They went down there and uh, beat Bartram and then did not win another game. But – uh, I just kind of liked his uh, perspective uh, a little bit. Uh, he was interim coach one year, and now this would be his second full year. Yeah, when he took over, like, now. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was right at the beginning of August. Yeah, their other coach took a college job. Was and that, Was that Sam London? Yeah, yeah. and then, and, uh, you know, here you go. Yeah. Here are the keys. Have fun. Get yeah. ready, yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it's... Um, it'd be nice to see them, you know, be able to bounce back. Right. I saw you, you threw a bone to Ross Tucker, gave him an interview every and after he trapped oh. your, your three musketeers. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. When he got that promotion by CBS, I thought, yeah, you know, a, um, we'll, we'll give him a give him the little bite of the for, apple. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Why not? Cause he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's, you know, not on social media enough or <laughs> Eagles preseason games or yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, you'll see a lot of LL players though uh, on our site, and I think 
the interview with Dendel is on there. Yeah, I just yeah. I yeah. scrolled through yeah. so people could see the stuff yeah. that's on yeah. there. And Dendel so, was there. And there'll be a lot more this, this week. Yeah, as things really get going here. So we'll, we'll round it out by talking about the, the season finale. LL really set things up nicely. And, you know, in Section 2, you have Manheim Central at Exeter this year. And he, up in Section 1, you have Manheim Township at Wilson, uh, which last year was, was a great, down, great game uh, down in Neffsville. Uh, thankfully, Wilson hosting on senior night against the Blue Streaks, uh, who have a lot coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, skill wise, I mean they're they're going to be tough to beat. Like I, I envision Township putting up a lot of points this season. Um, Hayden Johnson. Speaking of those interviews, uh, I got uh, one with him that'll be posted this week. But he's their all-state quarterback. Uh, he threw for over twenty six hundred yards last season as a junior. He led the the whole league. He threw 26 uh, touchdown passes. He's he's closing in. He needs about 350 to get to 5,000 career passing yards. But then you have Clancy back at, at running back. You have Kennel back at wide receiver who's committed to Monmouth. Uh, Wolf is back at wide receiver. Um, Nick Good. He mentions in the uh, interview Troy Vasquez, who he said you know, is a player. I always try to find out like who's someone who could have a breakout year, and he he mentioned him. So I think as far as you know, if if you're into fantasy football, I mean they they are loaded. The question for me with Township is going to be how good are they uh, up front? Um, so you know we'll we'll see. But if he has time to throw. If if they get good line play, you know they they got to the district final last yes, season. Did, yeah. uh, I would not be shocked if if they get get back there. Yeah, Mark Evans's squad was nine and four last year. Uh, they were district three six a runner up, and their four losses were to Cumberland Valley, who they then beat again in the playoffs. Hempfield, who they then beat again in the playoffs. Wilson. And then Harrisburg, who beat them after they, they upset beat them, them right. at Harrisburg. Now I believe I don't believe I think Sean Lee didn't play in that game, mm. um, and Harrisburg beat them pretty good in the district championship game. But um, those four losses all against premier district three right. six A teams, uh, and Township was really good, really strong last year. District three six A runner up, bunch of those ton. guys back. You right. just heard Paul say. Um, so yeah, it'll come down to the trenches. Um, Mark Evans might know a thing or two about about getting <laughs> stuff out of those guys. So um, we'll see. That game will be at Gursky Stadium on October 27th, and that is the regular season finale. Um, Wilson got the win last year, 27-21, to 21, and the Blue Streak's last win against Wilson was in 2019. That was a heck of a game last year. Last year, that was a, yeah. it was a very exciting game, back-and-forth back game. Uh, Cam Jones had another great night. That night had a bunch of he threw it threw for a touchdown that night, mm. um, ran for a few, and uh, they were able to get the job done. Uh, got a stop when they needed it defensively. So, all right, well that is the ten game schedule for Wilson football this year. Uh, we appreciate everyone joining us, Paul. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything we missed, or anything you want to say about the Bulldogs in twenty twenty three? Well, I, I just think you know your listeners and and viewers and the whole community is is really blessed to have you guys doing what you do because um, you know the amount of uh, content that you guys provide is unbelievable for for one high school. 
Um, and I hope people don't take it for granted. A, a lot of times they do, and um, people may now be seeing with other media outlets how things can change, and you don't get the same type of coverage uh, that you once did. So never take for granted you know, all the interviews that you guys are posting, all the highlights, a weekly show like this where you're, you're going to be in-depth um, about the players and the matchups and the teams and the stats and the history and things like that. Um, so w- Wilson community is it's really fortunate that they have a, a show like this and the access um, that, that you guys can provide. Um, and then I, I, we pointed out the website. I would just ask people if you can follow SV Sports on Instagram and uh, Twitter and, and Facebook. You'll see a lot of content there a lot of cool highlights and stuff um if you're interested in finding out what the heck rod wave elite is um you can see some stuff there hey Hey, it works i mean i i just ripped the band-aid off and it was like paul i'm I'm old yeah i need you to explain this to me yeah i was the same um, way yeah well yesterday at the scrimmage he's like have you ever heard of rod wave elite i was like i have no idea what you're talking about i don't know any of the words anything you just said all those words are confusing yeah yeah and then then we talked about it and then he posted stuff on instagram and i was like oh he was not joking about right i I know i was like it's essentially like aau globetrotters is what it sounds a little bit yeah yeah um yeah i saw your post in that that's what got me. I was like, I need to ask her about this yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you um, for the kind words, uh, and thank you for joining us. Um, and the community has really embraced what we, I mean, it, it took some time to get people back on it because they were used to the show being on TV and being an, an hour a week with uh, Coach Contafio and Coach Brubaker. And, um, but this is actually our nine. Yeah, this is season nine of this, uh, mm. our rebooted version of the show. Uh, and, and people really over the last, I'd say it really started to take off in like 2019, I feel like is, uh, is the year that things really started moving and we've got much, uh, more viewership and interaction. It's been a lot of fun, especially when the, the, the younger kids are excited about it. And then the parents really, really get involved and they, they want to, uh, they want to talk about it. Um, but it's, it's been fun. Uh, and you know, Justin and I would do it whether or not. We have right. a ton of people it's, it's talking fun. to us and about like, it. Like, like you said, but part of it is like the access we're given by the coaches and, mm-hmm. and the players and everything also is just huge. You know, like if, if they weren't open to us doing it, that would be real limited what we could do. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's important because, uh, unfortunately, the communication side isn't really something that's taught at the high school level. And nowadays, so many kids and adults are guilty of it too, but it's just pick up your phone or that gaming system or the Oculus or whatever they, and they're so tuned out, they can't hold conversations. Um, And whether it's getting an internship or speaking with a college recruiter, whether it's for athletics or not, going for a job eventually, sure, you'll email your resume, but there will be a point where you're going to have to speak to someone. And if your head's down, your posture's bad, you're not looking someone in the eye, you're mumbling, it's us, likes, ums. So how do you improve on that? Well, communicating is a skill, just like catching a football, throwing a football, hitting a baseball, uh, anything else. You got to work on it. You have to do it. So the interviews that you you guys conduct with all these kids, the interviews 
that, that I do for um, you know the, the websites. It helps them improve in Absolutely. in those kind of areas that I I think when you just look at you know math, history, science, uh, those things are are valuable tools and they're all necessary. But there's other learning that needs to right. take place, and th- this is an avenue that can can help uh, students when they get outside the walls of of Wilson. Yeah, it's it's low stakes, but it's high impact. You know, they're they're talking to people and people watching it already like them. You know, they're already excited. They want to hear what they have to say. Um, you gotta you gotta you gotta know how to speak, and that's something that mm-hmm. I know Justin and I work on all the time trying to how can we make the show better how can we communicate our thoughts uh better mm-hmm. and it's uh it's and video is king nowadays oh, so yeah. i mean oh, you yeah. put those interviews yeah. up the highlights up uh it's you know one thing with my transition from from the radio world to what i've been doing for the last few years uh, people love the videos yeah, i mean they, they well, yeah, really like, do well and yeah, all the high school kids like you know seeing like the Dendo interview, all that stuff like, and it and it's cool because like you said we've we've being around those kids, but seeing them grow in that regard too, you know, seeing them grow from these squirrely sometimes the squirrely middle school kids, yeah. you know that, that we get to know yeah, get to into into these massive, yeah. you know, in, in Dendo's case, like dudes and and just watching them come in, be more comfortable talking to the interviewer right. and, and all of that it is it, it, it's really fun yeah it has been a lot of fun and bringing it back to full circle and finishing with wilson the the wilson senior class is really fun uh they they, they were all, a lot of there's a lot of entertainment value in our discussion <laughs> with the senior players and that that's a great show. that's always our most popular show each year is the senior player interviews and i thought this group did a great job and then watching the ones you've posted uh, you know mentioned the dental one that's up there uh did you also talk to Logan? yeah yeah i thought i, I, thought saw, that, I, thought I saw that Logan. posted yeah. the other day too so uh, and i know you'll have a few more uh in the pipeline or coming up yeah. in the future featuring featuring wilson players and you can check that all out uh at sv sports uh across their social media and also uh, BurkeSportsReport.com. And uh, once again, we thank you, Paul, for joining us here on the Bulldog Hour. You're no stranger to productions put on by Justin and I. We always have you on. We'll have to get you back on for uh, NFL talk once the high school football season yeah, hopefully, ends. Hopefully into December yeah, before, that's always, we, before we get Bulldog to Bulldog Hour needs to go through November. That's always our goal. We want to get to 20 <laughs> episodes and be talking after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's what we want. So. Yep. More the merrier. Exactly. And am I right? Seven wins shy of six hundred. Yeah, so Wilson yeah. is sitting at five hundred and ninety-three wins as a program. Seven wins this year will get them to six hundred, almost exactly a decade after they got to five hundred. So you do the math there. That's a pretty successful yeah. uh, decade. You're looking at ten-ish wins a season, and that also has a COVID year in there where mm. uh, the team only played what seven seven games. Mm. So, yep, uh, a lot. Uh, a lot on the table for Wilson this year. Uh, they could, they can't possibly get to it until the Hempfield game, but that would require them to win every single one ahead of that. And we know there's a couple teams in front of them that are going to have a, well, they're going to have solid defenses for that uh, Wilson victory. They don't want to add to that number. They don't want to allow us to keep pace with or catch up to Manheim Central, who's at 594. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's it for us here at the Bulldog Hour. You can catch Justin and I next Saturday, August 26th, 8.30 here. 
to recap the Roman Catholic game and preview game two against Central Dolphin. And, and like we said before, you can catch Paul Roberts across SV Sports social media accounts and BurksSportsReport.com. So that's it for us here. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll be back again in six days. But until then, remember, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.